Welcome, everyone in the world, to Tap Calf Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast that, get this, uh, the Star Wars podcast, the Star Wars podcast that, get this, everyone, we'll be talking about special guest book, Starfighters of Adumar today. Mm. So this is the second last of our X-Wing novels to go over throughout the entirety of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Whole thing. Only one more. We only got one more episode to do on this, but and it's really the the last one because it's the next one is significantly different. I think yeah. that this is the the best X Wing book. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Ooh, it. hot takes coming early. Yeah, coming fast, coming at I you. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. But I am your host for the day, Corey, and joining me as always is my co-host slash Doge, Mister Eckhart Slatter. Please don't call me a Doge. <laughs> But it's on the branding. What, what do you Co-host, do? fine. Friend, fine. Mm. Lover, well, not in public. All right. With me today <laughs> is Charlie's employer, Mr. Eckhart Slatter. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Corey? Uh, I'm I'm fantastic. I got to read Starfighters of Adamar and not the Calista trilogy. <laughs> yeah, it was now, nice. But... And it's kind of funny, too, because this book even takes place during... Um, book three of the Cluster Trilogy, there's even yeah. a slight reference to it. I mentioned to um, Leia being off in the Meridian Sector doing mm-hmm. something. I was like, yeah, they're like, Leia can't come to the phone now. She's off in a far worse book. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I, we'll get into some of the interplay here, I'm sure, because there is a, there's some tension, I think, between some different groups of authors going on that you can read between the lines <laughs> of in this, uh, in this little text here. Yeah, so chapter one of the book uh, has Quijukes, who has been set up as... Quijukes. Quijukes. Exarchukes. Has been set up as Wedge's lover throughout um, the Jedi Academy trilogy, mostly. Um, And chapter one, just both of them being like, yeah, we're not really feeling it anymore. (laughs) And uh, just breaking up. Yeah, so this book is written by Aaron Alston, who wrote half mm. of the other X-Wing books, along with Michael Stackpole. And there's kind of a bit more continuity, and if you look in the acknowledgments, there's a lot of people, like, recognized. They recognize, like, Timothy Zahn. Mm. I recognize, thank Timothy Zahn. Uh, Troy Denning, some other Star Wars authors. Notably absent from that list is Kevin J. Anderson and uh, Barbara Hamley. Even but, though they had been kind of carrying the torch for the past few years. Well, yeah. been doing a lot of the, the lifting. Yeah, so like the Callista trilogy introduces Callista as a love interest for Luke. And mm-hmm. uh, with like the Jedi Academy trilogy, we have Quishuks for mm-hmm. for Wedge. But like Wedge has been built up throughout the X-Wing books as getting together with Iella and as soon as this book starts, it's like, uh, get out of here with your characters. We got, we're back to Iela. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, it's not even subtle about it. Like, Quijuks is literally just thrown out of the way and like yeah. mentioned once more later on. And then Iela is just there. Like, it's not even subtle. It's like, Iela is just there. We're yeah. just going to make this work. Like, we're going to brute force this into existence, which I, I was cool with it. Yeah. Like, there's, I never really, like, when, Kui gets introduced. It's like, oh, but what happened to Ayala? Uh, and now we know. Yeah. She was off doing nothing during the Jedi Academy trilogy and ended up on Adamar. 
Because this yeah. is what th- three years later at this point. So um, yeah, about that. So thirteen, same time as as uh, Luke and Callista and their love affair. So yeah, about then. Like I I put the the shipping wars into the thumbnail for this, so we need to talk about this for I think at least five minutes, or else it is clickbait. So. Do you mm. think in both of those couples, the uh, the B tier universe and the X wing Thrawn <laughs> universe, the Chad Chad X wing Thrawn universe versus Virgin, did, yeah, yeah did did we get the right pairings? Was it right to go with Luke and Mara, yes. and Wedge and Yella versus? Yes, the, there was one mistake though. That I think we both know the answer to, and we get a slight allusion to it in this book. Do you want to guess what I'm going to say? No, I don't care. The, gr- the greatest romance in all of Star Wars is essentially retconned by the these series of books with Tycho and Winter. Right. Yeah. They they do mention like uh... it's like Tycho's the only one who's can't go whoring around on Adamar. Yeah. And we don't know what Winter's off doing right now. Maybe, yeah. Well, I, we do know, but we don't. We don't. We're not allowed to say it on the podcast anymore. Mm-hmm. She's on that. She's on that fish game. That's all I'm gonna say. So you're you're putting your flag strictly in the Luke and Mara camp and Wedgeniella, not um not Luke Callista. and Mara. Yes, I like Quijukes, uh, but I I do think that. They had a good point where, like, she is, like, she gets her brain wiped and she kind of just has to date Wedge at that point. Yeah. So, I do think that this was a better uh, setup for both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor Wedge. He's so depressed in the start of this book. And yeah, and then he becomes he becomes very Luke-like. Um, That's when true. When he finally does get his girl where he's just, like, high school first girlfriend madly in love with her. Yeah, so. they he proposes to her within, like... Three minutes, essentially. Well, what he said doesn't necessarily need to be a pro- a proposal. Yeah. But then Iella takes it that way, so. Yeah, and it kind of insinuates that they spend the night together. Do you think, like, there's any chance that, like, he has got kind of, like, the post-nut clarity afterwards? And he's like, <laughs> I don't like her that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave. Well, if, if anything like that would have happened, then... Jansen probably would have made a comment. Jansen was really funny in this book because he heard the whole conversation. Like he definitely heard them fucking. Yeah, but I'm wondering how long he was in that little changed. alcove for. <laughs> Apparently, the whole night. But like no one. The way I kind of pictured it was like a stairwell in an apartment building. He was just yeah. sitting there the entire time, which doesn't seem like you can do that all night without someone noticing. Well, it describes it as like a little hallway leading to a window. So I imagine it's just it is just like a little alcove off the stairs or something where you can kind of yeah. just like hide. Um, I guess. But apparently everyone's doing that for multiple reasons. So it, it doesn't stand mm-hmm. out as strange to anyone because mm-hmm. there's a brawl next door. But I guess we should outline what the book's about before getting too deep into the into the shipping. But it, it it's just such an mm-hmm. in, interesting topic is like who doesn't want hours and hours of Star Wars shipping? Yeah, I mean it's uh the book is not super complex either. It's it sort of reminds me a lot of um MedStar in a way mm-hmm. where it's a very contained story. 
It's all about what's going on in this planet. You don't get a lot about the greater galaxy. You understand that what's going on, yeah, it does affect the greater galaxy somewhat, but, you know, it's very much about this smaller scale story, and I really personally enjoyed that. Yeah, so the gist of it is there is a planet that has just been rediscovered after a few hundreds to thousands of years of isolation mm. after having broken away Rebelled, from the Republic. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of rebels were just sent there to to colonize it and then never heard from again. But they've been rediscovered. They have a lot of weapons manufacturing because they like shooting each other. And the New Republican Empire are competing for this because they want pro- they want to change their industry into proton torpedo production. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of intrigue occurs and uh, the New Republic intelligence officer who's running everything tries to such get a, wedge such on a board yeah such a dick gets wedge on board as a diplomat and we look we learn a lot about ourselves along the way but also about mm. adamar and how adamar kind of sucks yeah so it starts off with wedge wants to he wants to take leave he wants to go there's a few places he's got in mind maybe Corellia. um but yeah he needs a break because he's been going non-stop for you know probably two decades at this point um and then of course he's about to leave and i was really disappointed because i thought that would be a really fun first like couple of chapters of just like like because sometimes the star wars books of this era will do that they'll send like the characters off on like a little adventure that like doesn't do anything like i'm thinking of the skiing scene from uh jedi, jedi academy jedi academy or well, no there's a lot that that sets up there uh where like Han loves Kip more than his own kids, and that parental <laughs> abandonment leads to one of their kids dying, one becoming a Sith Lord, and the other almost becoming uh, Dark Side. So, yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. Um, that's a lot to take away from a little skiing trip, especially the kids are there for that one too. Although yeah, they, it, I think they leave early. But yeah, um, and it, it's just clear that Han would much rather spend time with Kip than his mm-hmm. than his kids. Like, half the scenes that involve Han and Jason before NJO, or even during it, half the scenes involving Han and Jason are like, this kid sure is weird. <laughs> 3PO, get him under control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it would have been nice to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, would have been nice to actually just give him a chapter bumming around Coruscant or, like, do something else before. So basically what happens is, of course, he doesn't get to go on leave because... Uh, General Kraken, who is like the chief of New Republic Intelligence, kind of uh, brings him into this mission to go to Adamar. And I listened to the audiobook as well as reading this book. It's the same guy that does the Exarkun, and he, the way he says Adamar is also very funny. It's like, Adumar. Adumar. <laughs> it's like, Adumar. Like every time. Adumar. It's, like, it's, it's very, very exciting. And Anthony Heald, I think, did it. But um, anyway... Uh, but what what is Wedge going to do on his vacation? He's made it abundantly clear he has no friends at this point, no family. What? Yeah, but I mean, he's single and ready to mingle as well as well. Like yeah, I was he's, kind a, of he's ex- a war hero. Yeah, like listen, Wedge could get it. Like I wouldn't have minded seeing Wedge bum around like not the lower city of Coruscant, but like you know, let's see Wedge bum around like the the mid city. Like like let's see Wedge get into some shady shenanigans. You know what I mean? Is that why, like, the first thing he had to make sure he did before he even went on leave was make sure that Kui got there so he can break up with her yep. when he's, like, that has to happen before he even leaves the ship. Yeah, no, he, uh, he had plans, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Which is like, listen, there's a 50% chance I'm not coming back from this. If I do, I'm going to be a changed man. <laughs> 
So you're saying that he wanted to go on leave, but then Kraken was really cracking the whip? Yeah, and it is kind of funny because Kraken doesn't outrank Wedge at this point, as Wedge points out. But yeah, they're they're even... both generals just in separate branches. That being said, Kraken still does obviously like he's he does have the same rank. They're both generals, but Kraken is Kraken. He's like one of the leaders of like the New Republic's armed forces, basically. So yeah. If he tells you to jump, like you're gonna jump, like because or else he's gonna get like New Republic black agents in your <laughs> in your apartment in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, he he does say he's willing to listen if Kraken gives the orders for some of what he's doing. Or yeah, I thought that was a bit. He's weird. willing to accept that they're actual orders if they come from Kraken mm-hmm. uh, when he's on this mission, rather than from Tomer, mm-hmm. uh, who dickhead. Yeah, he doesn't need to listen to. So, the, um, what was I going to say? Um, the Adumar is kind of an interesting planet because it's very it's warlike. They're really big on, Wedge is chosen as a diplomat to bring the planet in because they really revere starfighter pilots. They've got a big starfighting culture there. Like, the Wedge is always being challenged to duels either, like, in a starship or literal duels with, uh, like, these electrical swords on the ground. Um, so it turns out when they get to Adumar that, uh, both the New Republic is there and also, uh, the Empire and specifically Turfanir and the 181st. So kind of the top starfighter pilots of each faction are there trying to win the loyalties of this, uh, little world, but it gets even more complex because it turns out that the New Republic is also doing some, like, some very imperialist like government collapsing while they're there we see yeah. like a different side of the of the new republic half of the like, new republic's plan is like we have to make sure that all of the nations go under this super militaristic version of the the government like Cartan is definitely doing all those things but we don't see that much of the other nations until later on and when we do see them or do hear about them they don't seem to be quite as bad as Cartan. yeah no like they're a lot more, like it seems like the largest so that's, so that's the largest faction because one thing unique about this plan is there are multiple kind of states or countries um and they're actually different so it's not just at the beginning one planet spanning government this the major one is the largest it's the most powerful also the most militaristic and also the most kind of barbaric and intense like people routinely die in starfighter training because it's like we just kill motherfuckers like yeah if they don't win, they die. Like training lasers. What are, like set, who yeah. are you? Yeah. And they do point out. I do like that they point out uh, during the book. Like part of the result of this is that everyone does kind of suck at everything because yeah. they'll just die off so fast. As soon as they lose any major challenge, there's mm-hmm. a huge chance that you die. But they were they remind me kind of of elites from Halo, like mm. especially. Like in Starfighter combat, all they do is charge Wedge because he's he'll give them the most honor for the kill because he's the highest ranking pilot. Um, now that being said, for for a lot of the book, the parts that I really enjoyed, the first I'd say two thirds, Wedge isn't in open combat or Rogue Squadron or it's actually Red Squadron because it's Wedge, Tycho, Wes, and Hobby. Um, they're not in open combat with this faction. They're there on the planet, kind of just operating within society. Half of this book is just them going on dinner dates and mm-hmm. 
it's a lot more low-key, which I think is why I really liked it. Yeah, and Wedge getting hit on by Cheris, who is at this point like 16. Yeah. Uh, so more fun Star Wars stuff. But the... Do you think this book looks different if it's written after episode one? Because... I were going to say 9-11. No. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe. In a post-9-11 world, is Star Wars of Animar different? But... A lot more screening flying into the planet, but... A lot of this goes into like, oh, we can, we can't possibly let them in without a, a world government, but you can have like different senators representing different groups from the same planet, like a, a junior and senior senator, or mm-hmm. have like different nations in a world while still having representation in the Senate. We see that with other places in the expanded universe, but we definitely see it with Naboo. Yeah, like it seems like it's probably a non-problem. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I never, I didn't actually think about that. But like, even with Naboo, the Gungans didn't really have a senator until, like, I feel like the Naboo thing was the Gungans just didn't have any representation until their kind of yeah. politics aligned with the Naboo population. But I mean, the thing about the Gungans is they spend most of their time underwater, just chilling. So yeah, that that is true. Like, they I don't know if. Chilling. A, I don't know if a planet which had like 50% like like a full split like ideological split 50 50 or 60 40 would be like I don't know if the new republic or the old republic would let them in. Yeah, but I guess Mon Calamari like Mon is Calen's a good core in, yeah. Yeah. Like and yeah. yeah, it's not always just a world, so it it kind of depends. What, yeah, what maybe years it's does this take place in? 13. This is 13? Okay, so she's mm-hmm. 17. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like... Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Maybe because they just wanted to... The New Republic just sees it as, like, fresh meat. And so does the Empire. Yeah, they just want the bombs. They Yeah. Like, they, there's nothing really great about this, about what any of them are trying to do. It's like... We just we're gonna pull them in, and then we're gonna make all of our bombs there. Why do you? Not I mean, want the planet this? seems nice, besides for like the people, like <laughs> you know, the, the cities are like described as being kind of pretty. It, it's interesting because the technology is like somewhat divergent from like what the rest of the galaxy has, but like not really, like not as much as you would expect, given you know several hundred years, maybe a thousand years of isolation. It's like, yeah, we've got all the stuff you guys do, <clears throat> just like slightly shittier. Or, like, a little bit different. Like, they've got, like, the calm lines going between buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I, like, it, it's like 90s technology for us, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know how necessary it was to put as much into their technological advancements on putting a gun at the end of a sword that only fires if you touch someone with it. <laughs> Not the yeah, most kind of useful awful. weapon. It's definitely more of a stupid dueling society a weapon. Thing, yeah. yeah. But a lot of people kill a lot of people with it in it, so... Yeah. I don't know. It do be clapping. <laughs> it it do. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It was, it's, it it is kind of funny because Star Wars is like, you'll hear of this divergent faction that's been like gone for secluded for hundreds of years, or like the Hapens, and like the only difference is that their turbo lasers are slightly different or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like our ships don't have shields. The blades do seem pretty terrible. 
They seem like they could be okay. They're kind of like a... I guess they kind of describe them as like a... like a. They use them in like a fighter role, but they're really more like a bomber. Like a yeah, Y-wing almost. They're like worse Y-wings without the ordnance. Yeah. Yeah. And without shields and the stock form. Yeah. But they had lots of space for missiles, they said. Because they were like... We could swap these out with proton torpedoes and, you know, these things can maybe kick a little ass. Yeah. But I feel like they could work they... as, like, a light bomber or something. Are they in TR? I assume no. No, no. They probably will have to be eventually, because they show back up in, like, uh, Legacy of the Force as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they join one of the factions, the Confederation. I think, maybe. yeah, Adamar goes for the Confederation. It's like, Turfanir is the supreme commander for the Confederation at one point, I think. Mm-hmm. And does Wedge side with the Confederation? Yeah, because he's Corellian, yeah. Remember yeah. there's that scene where like him and Han are flying Yeah, I can never like, remember which... The new Corellian bombers or whatever. Yeah, so Wedge and... ends up... After all the drama in this book, Wedge ends up taking orders from Tur. Yeah, and that's like why... One thing I was thinking about too, like... Star Wars does lose a lot when there's not a book centered around a character. Like, Wedge is written quite well in this book. It just makes me think about, like, how in, like, Legacy of the Force, when it's, like... It's just, like, Wedge just doesn't have the same nuance written to his character. Like, there's, they don't have the time to go through the same decisions. Like, a lot of this book is... So, as we described, um, Adam... Adumar? Um is really big into dueling for honor and wedge and turf and are just way better than the pilots there. Yeah. And they're, they're just like scrapping them. Like it's not even close. So wedge kind of comes up with the idea that we don't actually need to scrap everybody. <laughs> what if we, we don't can... murder half the planet? <laughs> yeah. Like what if we just use like, f- like false laser or like down powered lasers and like dummy torpedoes. Um, and there's a big, controversy among the the new republic intelligence guy there because he's like hey that's not how they do it you're losing their respect um so and then like wedge has a big kind of internal debate over if i'm ordered to do this by kraken to kill these pilots should i do it will i do it and because the military is his entire life he, he's kind of a loner which is a, mm-hmm. another big thing this book discusses and I just think about how, like, this book, because it is a Wedge story, can give you all of that nuance. And yeah. I would have liked to see something, like, in... Because in Legacy of the Force, from what I remember, he essentially turns against the GA. The, like, yeah. the government that he's been serving in some form for I don't think he's, 25 years. Yeah, I don't think he stays 40, with it. But... Yeah, close to 40 years by that point. So, yeah. like, I would have liked to see kind of, you know, how that plays out. Yeah, but that's also like that's uh, just book writing, though. Yeah. yeah. But uh, shit, I forget what I was gonna say. Damn it, Wedge, Antilles, come to my head. No, didn't work. Mm. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. For people who are in that kind of mindset of like, I want to challenge this guy and take him down. It it seems like Wedge going into battle with those in the first place, like with the fake weapons and everything, would be less of a, oh, you have no honor kind of thing, or you're diminishing your own honor, and more of a, 
wow, that's a really rude fucking flex. Yeah. But well, I mean, to be fair though, he also makes them not. He also makes them not use it as well. Yeah, true. Doesn't he yeah. do the? Yeah. And like, people requires... do kind of start turning towards his way of thinking. He converts mm-hmm. a few people, one of whom is secretly the son of the Purator. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Is, is that the guy that he duels at the first? Or no, because the guy no. he duels in the first, that's the guy who saves him during the gauntlet, yeah. right? because there's the, the captain of the one flight, and then... I don't know that we see him actually duel the, the son, but we I hear about his remember, conversation. Yeah. And because uh, oh, that, that's it? the conversation with, like, defining honor and right. like, protecting that's people that versus just getting a kill for its own sake. Yeah, that's that I guy. knew he was in the book somewhere. Okay. Yeah, Ballas McCallus. That sounds right. I don't know <laughs> enough about Star Wars to contradict you. Um, yeah. So we're going to be... There's also a bit of discussion in this book. Uh, it, we hear a lot about Corellia in other books, but besides for I, Jedi, this is the first time where we actually hear a little bit about Corellian politics, and we know now that, like, is not super friendly with the New Republic and the Dictat no. have kind of locked the planet down, which we will discover soon in... Corellian Trilogy, book one. Ambush on yeah, uh, Or book, book three. Assault at Corellia. Assault on, assault on Salonia. There it is. No, that's book two. Shit, which one's book one? Is it Ambush at Corellia, then Assault on Salonia, then Showdown at Centerpoint? Yeah. Must be. But yeah, that, there's a whole trilogy about that and the Solo Kids. So that ties mm-hmm. in really well with the Young Jedi Knights books that we're reading. Yeah. Yeah, you can see how they evolved as characters from wily little miscreants. Mm-hmm. But Fucking around with super weapons. What do you think of the other three of our heroes here? We've got Tycho, Wes, and uh, Hobby. This group fucks. <laughs> it, is, it is a nice group to spend a book with. Yeah, no, it, it is. Um, Tycho, I wish he got a little more play, but... Because he's definitely, it's definitely um, Jansen gets yeah. the most attention. He gets a lot of laughs. My favorite joke that he made was probably, there were two that really stood out to me. The first was Refresher Course was funny. Um, he's like, we got to teach you to use the bathrooms in here because Refresher Technology is a little behind. He's like, oh, so I guess you're giving us a Refresher Course. Um, uh-huh. If I made that joke, you would yell at me though. So Yeah, shut up. Um, the other, the other one that I liked is when he's dueling that guy, he goes, you've got a very pretty widow, (laughs) which I thought was funny. (laughs) I I actually laughed out loud at that. Yeah. Jansen's great. Jansen is He's got lots of, this one was, I remember, um, Wraith, Wraith Squadron being really funny as well, like book one. Um, and this one, Hobby is sort of like a... Wes is the funniest. Hobby plays off Wes a lot in a really nice way. Very similar to... Like, I remember there's lots of funny parts in Wraith Squadron when they're, like, selecting the Wraiths, um, where Mm. they kind of just play off each other. We get a lot of that in this book. Then Tycho's just, like... He's got lots of cool space battle moments, but he doesn't... um, He's very competent, and he's kind of, like, Wedge's XO, but less personality shines through, I'd say. Tycho's kind of the strong, silent type... And because he's really stoic disturbed throughout. by his, right. uh, yeah, yeah, he's pretty. He's, he walked in on Akbar in winter banging, and <laughs> it's just never been the same. Yeah, there, there are some like face and fanon vibes with uh, with Wes and Hobby, but mm-hmm. I do think that ultimately 
face and Fanon get a bit better to find his characters than Hobby at least. Because uh, Hobby really does just exist to be uh, something for Jansen to play off of. He doesn't have as much of a characterization himself. So I do think that like Tycho mm-hmm. and Hobby are a bit weaker overall than the other that two. That was kind of one of my problems where I was like, okay, this is Wes and or uh like i like it just it's one of these two characters they're essentially the same like like when i'd read and it'd be like wes said this hobby said this it's like they're basically both saying the exact same thing so it's like yeah. you know what i mean like they're interchangeable yeah so. hobby is just like a slightly less over the top jansen to go around with jansen make sure he doesn't get into too much trouble but like a lot of what he's saying you could have Tycho and wedge say instead and it would have been kind of the same Mm-hmm. So, yep, no, he is the dour one, but <laughs> they're all they're all kind of dour at points. Yeah, Wedge I mean, is they're, dour they're, all the time. The boys have book. fun too. Boys yeah. have fun on their trip. Uh, Wedge gets some drinking in. Um, they go to lots of dinners. They wear some local outfits. Lots of parties. We have talked yeah. about it a bit, but like uh, Jansen is described as the handsomest man alive a few times yeah basically. and if you see him in, in episode uh five that's not or even uh, just art like i i i think he looks like sean Aston, and that's not a bad thing it's just he's not like who you think of when you think of, like the most attractive I think hobby is more conventionally attractive although i know in canon hobby dies at hoff and you're saying the mangled body is less attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Because, yeah, he's the one that crashes his airspeeder into, into mm-hmm. Veers' walker. So they've got, like, the the quantum fears where he's, like, both alive and dead at the same time in canon. No yeah. one really knows. Like, Hobby does have the moment where he wants to shoot all the missiles and, like, finally kill someone. It was kind of disturbing, just how yeah, eager Hobby was to kill everyone. but He's like, I've been trying not to kill people for a while now. <laughs> I've had to refrain from so much murder. Yeah. Yeah, true. But yeah, it was a good, good, group, of, good group of characters to spend a book with, for sure. Yeah. The, only, the only character I thought was kind of unnecessary in the book was the uh, journalist. Yeah, that was kind of a weird situation where, like, she goes from a kind of contentious relationship with them at the start, where, like, they're clearly making fun of her, mm-hmm. and she has no reason to like them, really. And mm-hmm. I think she did become an interesting character by the end, but the way they kind of get from that initial interaction to the next time we see them speak to her, and they're kind of trying to dunk on her a bit, but mm-hmm. she's still entirely in their corner. I feel like there could have been a bit more development there. To kind of show like why she's suddenly so willing to throw down with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of kind of intrigue and political machinations within the New Republic going on in this book, which you don't usually get. So that was fun. Like, yeah. Um, just Tomer is unquestionably fact. the bad guy here. Yeah. Or the main antagonist. Like, there's a lot of other shitty people. Like, Fenrir is not good. The uh, the Perador is not good. Uh, the precursor, the praetor, all those are bad, but the Praetor's not that bad. He's bad, but he's not like he's kind of an in... he's a complex. He's kind of just a product of the planet. I feel like yeah, but like 
It's the same kind of thing with like grandparents where they're clearly saying and doing all this effed up shit. And he's in a position of power, so it's especially bad. Mm-hmm. But you can't just tell him to go away, but you have to tell him to go away. Yeah. Yeah, he he does get off pretty pretty light as well. He gets to go live in a cottage. Yeah. It's cottage treatment. He fell for the whole, oh, your enemies want to want to be killed gambit. Never. Mm-hmm. No one should fall for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Wedge, Wedge isn't suicidal. There's one point where he's he almost dies, and he doesn't want to. So, even though he's you know feeling a little, he's feeling a little blue because he do, he he don't got no buddies besides those in the Starfighter Corps. He's got no ladies, especially when he thinks the yellow is not his friend anymore. But even then, he's still you know. Still got that spark of life in him. But he was surrounded by his friends the whole time. Yeah, like, they talk about, like, uh, uh, he talks about not having any friends, but he's, like, 30, in his 30s, and he's got three close friends with him on the mission. Like, yeah, and both, he's had a bunch Corrin's of people not even there. as well. Yeah, well, Corin, Corin's busy right now learning how to swing a lightsaber in his spare time. Mm-hmm. And yelling at Luke for being bad at his job. It's just like, you'd think that a 30... Like, most people in their 30 don't have that many friends. So, like, I don't want to hear the complaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, he's going to have... Well, unless he gets court-martialed or something, he was going to have a nice pension and could have retired from military duty. He's technically going to retire in a couple of years, but he does get pulled back in. He's a general, so he's got, you know, he's got a big pimpin' Coruscant apartment. He's got a big pimpin' apartment on Lusankia. Well, uh, quarters on Lusankia. Yeah. Just um, fun to talk about. But how how likely, or how risky is Tomer's plan? Because there's a documentary in there, right? He's aware of this. He doesn't really do much to shut her down... And, like, yeah, no one's allowed to get messages out for the entire thing. But he's expecting that at some point in this, to make sure that no word gets back to Kraken and Leia, literally everyone has to die and no one will question it. Yeah. And nobody in the Star Destroyer will think it's kind of shitty that their greatest Starfighter pilot died. And Yeah. Yeah. And no one in the Star Destroyer will report back to Kraken that, oh yeah, we were told not to accept any transmissions from the surface where literally all of our agents were dying. It's like, yeah, why did you do that? <laughs> there were there were a few holes in this plan. Mm-hmm. Even just aside from the fact that it that Leia needs to be gone, that Kraken needs to not wonder what's happening with anything. Like this was never going to work for him. No, it's a shitty plan. Yeah. It's just not good. It's not good. So I think it's Plus really it. weird that Wedge offers him a place in Rogue Squadron afterwards. <laughs> I was waiting for that with the uh, the seventeen year old. Does she join Rogue or Wraith? I don't think she joins either. I think she's, she's just like... in one of them. I'm pretty sure. Oh really? Okay. Because she's in Legacy of the Force. I think she's in it in Rogue Squadron or Wraith Squadron. She just gets the classic. Uh, all every Rogue Squadron book, I think, literally every or every X Wing book has that moment where somebody 
who's been around figures out that they're actually kind of an epic pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, my inner ear problem's fixed. Oh, I can fly yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Where is it? Like, uh, what's her name? What's the um, the Bothan? Um... Oh, uh, she was in Raykal Squadron. So she was in Legacy of the Forest with Wedge, but she was in Rogue Wraith. Mm, okay. Gotcha. But, sorry, Bothan? Yeah, what's the name of the Bothan that um, Dark Lighter falls in love with again? Like, don't they just find her on Coruscant randomly? Yeah. Uh, Isn't she just randomly on Coruscant? And then... Do they find her? Cause like, or no, like... she's like a plant. Yeah, that, that, that was a weird one. Yeah. And then she ends up teaching at the Bothan Academy and teaches Crefe, yeah. uh, I think. Well, implied, but pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the characters that get introduced like that do end up living forever. And they always stay in the squadron. A lot yeah, of the at race, least if they can make it through the new Jedi or through the new Jedi Order, pretty much every character in Star Wars is fine at that point. Yeah, except for uh, Jason and Mara. And Mara, Kyle survives getting cut in half, like fully in half. That's my own retcon for it that he's fully in half. Kyle gets the Darth Maul situation. Who else? Dan sews him back up. Tristina Lobi. That doesn't end. No, wait. Does Tracina live? Well, she, no, I'm pretty sure she dies, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, I, I always get her and Octoramus kind of confused. Uh, doesn't uh, what's Gary Capizan die? Was that she... in New Jedi Order? No, she I think dies in Corellian trilogy. Okay. Because Luke ends up being the godparent to her daughter. Yeah, and then her daughter uh, becomes a terrorist, right? Yeah. And Jaina deals with her in uh Yeah, well, Luke becomes a godparent. Luke doesn't check up on doesn't no, check apparently, up on No, apparently apparently he does. Apparently they were pretty close off screen. Never gets mentioned again until that point. But mm-hmm. uh Luke tells her all about everything. Never offers to like take her in or anything. No. Yeah. Uh but she's with I think she's with the, like her grandparents or something. Uh so she was okay for a while. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. There's not. A, there's not really a whole lot to talk about this book. It's just a really fun read. Like, it's just really good. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Got to see some fun use of creative fighting styles that the Adamarians mm-hmm. didn't really, uh, didn't really expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to see some starfighter combat, though none of the starfighter combat was really that high stakes. Through it, no, there's no one no, was like, ever really in trouble. Yeah, there's never like a Death Star moment or anything. Like they're not fighting for the fate of the galaxy in this one. Like no. not even they don't even pretend to be. They're, they're fighting, fighting for, for a proton one planet that will make proton factory. torpedoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a war that's slowly coming to a close, anyway. Like it's it's over. It's over. Like it's fucking over. Like they've already lost Night Hammer at this point. Like Doll's done her thing. It's over. Well, do you have any thoughts on? Uh... On Rogris, because this is kind of hmm. he's been a character a that comes gang. in and out a bit, but he's drunk and struggling with a lot of the same things that Wedge is struggling with here. But he he does make the decision at the end to uh, send the Imperials away with no way to call a fleet in and mm-hmm. wipe out the planet like he'd been intending to, because he was struggling with that the same way that Wedge was. He didn't want to kill everyone, but yeah, I like that for him. Good for him. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, he end get... up being like the representative of Adamar in some way? 
I mean, that sounds but right. I might I have invented know. that and just got that happens for like a lot of Imperials. Like that happens Thanos. with the, the guy from uh, Truce Bakura yeah. too. Is that Thanos? That's Thanos. Yeah, because the that's does Gariel marry him? Yeah, and then it, it's Melinda Thanos. Is that her name? Melinza. Melinza sounds yeah. correct. I but, can't remember. Yeah. So yeah. applause to Rogris on making the fine their correct decision eventually. He's been a a staple of the X-Wing series as we leave off. I was kind of sad that we didn't get any appearances from any of the other pilots for what is kind yeah. of the final X-Wing book here. Yeah, but, it would have been nice to see some of the old crew for sure. Even just like like a going away party for Wedge at the like beginning or something. Or like a, not going away, but just like a sabbatical party. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's drinking on Coruscant before he goes away or something. And they have to... They get ambushed or something and have to fight a little street fight. Like, that would have been fun. Yeah. But. it. I think this book managed to avoid a lot of the problems we had with Ice Arge Revenge as, like, the other example of an X-Wing book that's kind of taken away from the the rest of the main saga of them, where that felt like, oh, yeah, look, the characters are back, which is similar to this uh, for, mm-hmm. like, the main four. But with that, we kind of felt like, oh, they're going through the same motions that we've seen before. And this was a pretty different story from what we saw oh, yeah, in the rest of totally X-Wing. Different. Yeah. So totally I guess different. that gets us into the rankings. You've already said this is your favorite out of them. Has that stayed true throughout the discussion? Have we brought anything up that like? Yeah, shatters no. Th- your... This this is an A for me. Um, a, ho- a very high A. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite an S, I don't think. But it's an it's an A. It, it's an A based on not overall plot, just just vibe, mm-hmm. readability, fun factor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree there. Uh, A for me. Uh, yeah, it, it's not like the most important Star Wars book. Doesn't have no. a huge amount of overall plot advancement, but it's really fun. It's my first time reading work. it, so hmm. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's your Starfighters of Adamar. Yeah. So what are we doing next week? Have we talked about that? Did we decide? Uh, there was a little release coming out called. Oh, is it Thrawn next week? Greater Good. No, uh, Greater Good. Great or good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which that's the plan, at least. Uh, reading it in two days is probably going to be yeah. doable. But how many pages is it? Uh, ooh, it's long, four hundred five. Ooh, because it comes out on Tuesday. Uh, we could do it the, the week after. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, like I that? emailed them to see about getting it earlier. So there's still a possibility you do. Okay. A digital version. So. Yeah. We'll say either greater good or. What do you think? Do we just do the next uh, Young Jedi Knights if we can't do that? Because then we could announce it. Like, we'll know for sure by Tuesday if we're doing that. And then people mm-hmm. at least would have a chance to read. Uh... What's after Jedi Under Siege? Jeez. It's the next. We're into the next arc, which I never. Yeah. yeah, we do have Crystal Star coming up as well. Um mm. Yeah. goes just points out. Wow, I Google Crystal Star and that doesn't even come up. Because if we are doing a novel, the next Crystal Star is. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, it's either do you want to do Shards of Alderaan, or do you want to do? Is Crystal Star the next chronologically, or is there something else in there? I think it is. Let me just... 
We still have to do the new rebellion at some point too, I think. Oh yay. Cause we missed we missed that one. Hold on, I'm just pulling this up now. So Yeah. So is I Jedi Children of the Jedi Darksaber Planet Twilight, X Wing Starfighters Vatimar Crystal Star. And then Black Fleet Crisis. Then oh new rebellions after that. Okay. Okay. Well, we're running through the Bantam Order or Bantam Era. There's not that much left. Yeah. Uh, we got Black Fleet Crisis, New Rebellion, Corellian Trilogy, then Hand of Thrawn. Um, so there's, yeah, that's we're finishing it off pretty quickly. Adamar's good. Uh, greater good. Zana, and we're probably assuming it's gonna be good. Do mm. we do a Young Jedi Knights or do we do Crystal Star? on you right now it's waru time it's waru time all right we are doing ladies and gentlemen <laughs> you heard it here first let's go for a swim baby we are doing the crystal star next week and then we will be doing greater good the week after that so goodbye we do death star, star soon uh yeah we should probably because like there are a lot of uh, I don't want to say like any of them are like super bad or shit or anything, but like there are a lot of not highly regarded books that we have in kind of a cluster. So I think doing mm -hmm. like some of the Galactic Civil War standalones or even like Clone Wars, pre-Clone Wars standalones would be a good one. I mean, we do. could just go crazy and do the Revenge of the Sith novel next week. How long is that? We we um... committed to Crystal Star. We we did it. We okay. don't want to have like Starfighters of Adamar, Revenge of the Sith novel. And then greater good because that's like that's a lot of heavy hitters being put out all it's at once. It's long too. It's four hundred and twenty pages. Yeah, dank. We're doing we're doing Crystal Star. Okay, Crystal Star it is. All right, now emails before we leave. Uh, oh yes, let me pull. pull we have a couple emails. Wow. The first we have comes from Cedric, who says, "Hello, Tapcalf. I have two questions today." First off, how do you think the history of Adamar and Nam Koryos compare, with both of them being planets where enemies were exiled? Of course, they're both by different, very different now, but I think they might have a similar background. So that is uh, a bit of a connection between our last two books, Adamar and Planet of Twilight. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that they're not they're not exiled to Adumar, from what I remember. I, I think they say that they specifically colonize it after they're exiled from their planet. Yeah. Whereas, like, they're sent to Nam Chorios and then the guns are put up. I think that's one difference. I mean, we also get something similar with Dathomir as well. Yeah. And, like, there, there's more of, like, a political enemy uh, side of Nam Chorios. Nam Chorios also is just really shitty. Yeah, in um, nearer history. Whereas, like, Adamar is, you were all very rebellious and militaristic. Go live on this planet. I'm not sure which is the Space Australia, but one of them is Space Australia. Based on the bugs, I'm going to say Namchurios. That's fair. Yeah, yeah Drox or... Are... Do you think there's Drox, any spiders in... Drop Bear? Ladies and gentlemen. We cracked it. We cracked it! <laughs> uh, the second... Can you read the next one I'm looking up? I'm looking up to see if we got any new reviews. Uh, the second question from cedric is why are they red flight i think all of them except wedge are in rogue squadron so they're familiar with rogue call sign but since it's a different it might be confusing at times also from a different because it's not a full view, squadron 
It's better to be Rogue Squadron slash Flight because Rogues were known as the best squadron. So Adamar would be pleased if the New Republic sent their best squadron. Uh, I think it's entirely about the presentation where like Red Squadron was how they kind of built their name. So it's those four from that squadron with like the Death Star being the uh, the big point of interest for a lot of them and the easiest like hollow moment for them. So like Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron may be the biggest name in current New Republic affairs, but if they're building a brand that they want to send, uh, I think Red Flight is probably the the easier I mean, name for it. There. There's also the thing that it's it's not an entire squadron it's just a yeah. flight like a flight is there's three flights in a squadron yeah but they could have gone with rogue flight or yeah. i don't think it was because i don't they're not all actively part of rogue anymore uh yeah that's true that would have been Wedge, the last squadron yeah. they were in together well i guess wraith but yeah um Our next email comes from D, who says, Hey there, I just looked over the YouTube profile and came across some good music tracks you uploaded. I wondered how they Ooh. came, how come they were lacking the plays and likes they ought to have. So, Tell me more. more. More spam. Uh, then we have a question from Hunter, who says, Hey, I have a quick question about your hopes for Bad Batch. I recently reread through Star Wars Allegiance, and I'm seeing similarities between the Hand of Judgment and the Bad Batch. Do you think they will oh, take it Oh, I just thought of something, direction? Corey. What's that? Bad Batch comes out in two weeks. That is true. So we should try to do Thrawn next week. We should. I'll, I'll see if I can get you an early copy. If not, I'll just send you mine. Just don't tell Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That was a joke? Excise this? That was a joke? Yeah, it was just a joke. Uh, okay, so we'll, I, if I have to, I will read it in two days next week. Because we do have Bad Batch, and the premiere should be its own episode in the week. Yes. So, very sorry to all the Crystal Star fans out there. We baited you real hard there. Joey, I'm sorry, buddy. Like, you'll get it eventually. (laughs) We're edging you. We're edging you, just like Waru. (laughs) We'll do our own private. So, what we'll do is we'll record Crystal Star next week. No. And then we won't release it for a few weeks. So, you'll know it's out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds right to me. Uh, But, yeah. Bad Batch and Hand of Judgment. Any, uh... Oh, sorry. What was the event? What was the actual question? I kind of <laughs> went crazy and <laughs> talked over the question. Uh, so Hunter said, I have a quick question about your hopes for the Bad Batch. Recently read through Star Wars Allegiance, and I'm seeing similarities between the Hand of Judgment and Bad Batch. Do you uh, think yeah. they'll take it in a similar direction with them becoming vigilantes or something similar? Or do you think they'll stick with them being rebels? Um, I don't think so. Like The thing with the Hand of Judgment is they were like actively trying to still do the good things the empire was doing what they believed what the good things the empire was doing i don't think the bad batch is going to be doing that i think for a while at least they're just going to try to be surviving and maybe help out this girl that they have mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like i can't see i do think they'll end up joining the rebels at some point in the future i wouldn't be surprised but it can, like there's some serious rex vibes there so maybe we'll get like Rex and Echo in the future, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, because like the Hand of Judgment was definitely more of the uh, we like what the Empire stands for, but it's not doing it right. So we're going to go to this other Empire that's also shitty in some ways. But mm-hmm. th- there's definitely some parallels there, there for sure. Yep. 
Um, our next questions come from Hans, who says, I know you guys don't really focus much on the older public era, but I was wondering if you thought of the Revan novel, if you've read it, or what you thought of the Revan novel. Uh, I noticed a lot of people have issues with it due to retconning a lot of things that were established in the KOTOR games. And have you ever thought about making a Halo episode for the podcast? Are you just talking about a novel such as Fall of Reach or talking about the games, especially three, which is the best? No question. So, yeah, so I don't think I've read Revan. Maybe? I'm not sure. I don't think I have either. We're definitely going to get to it at some point. So we'll probably have like a bigger discussion about uh yeah all those things so like that's definitely a thing with like the books versus kotor versus tor uh and how revan gets presented and developed so we'll definitely mm-hmm. have a broader discussion of that topic we're probably not really prepared to have it now but no. for the halo thing we did talk about wanting to do maybe a a halo book like the flood uh for an episode of top cap at some point i think fall of reach would probably be the best one to do okay yeah we'll do we'll definitely do something Halo-y at some point and then we will we, no longer. We could get to all of them like games. eventually, like do one one every three months or one every f- six months or whatever. There's how many like, books are there? There's a lot, but we could do all the classic ones pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I'm on I think my fifth book right now, and I'm pretty much I'm nearly through like the the classic era of them. Um, so yeah, they're they're a good read. They're a good read. Yeah, so like on Star Wars stuff, the and we do get a few uh, pretty common questions like, "Are you going to cover X?" And our goal is to we cover haven't ruled pretty anything. Much everything. Out, so. yeah. yeah. Well, there is that one thing, but we don't we don't talk about. Oh it. yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, our last question for the day comes from Javier, who says, "Hey Justin, hey Corey, not a Star Wars question. A while back, there were rumors about a Halo series that Amazon Prime wanted to do, which got me thinking: a series following mm-hmm. Vice Admiral Preston Cole in the same vein as The Expanse would be awesome. Curious to see what you guys think." Yeah, so this is kind of a question. So first of all, there is a Halo series in development. It's not by Amazon. It's by... Is it by FX? Um, is it? Showtime, maybe? Who is it? Uh, just one second. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to... Uh, Paramount Plus? Oh, God. That's CBS All Access got renamed to that i think uh, yikes <laughs> i didn't think they'd be okay I, yeah i've got very very little hope um i know this isn't your question i've got very very little hope for this series and i think generally people are not super positive on it um but anyway your oh. question of what uh no, no you can you can go you you sure yeah i i just found there was another email that had been opened and not read so oh, you okay. can um, so the question of whether, like, a lot of Halo fans are like, oh, yeah, make a Halo s- TV show set on high charity as the Flood are invading and, you know, make it a horror show or whatever else. That's one that I read today. It's just like, with Halo, you've got to make something that Halo fans will like, but you also, Halo is not Star Wars. It's not that big. Um, especially, like, when it comes to TV shows, um... So, like, you can't have something that niche in the universe as much as a story about Preston Cole or Captain Keys or, you know, any of these kind of mythical figures would be cool. You need to ultimately make something that's starring Master Chief because that's the that's the people or that's the character that people know. You need to have Master Chief in it. You need to have Big Green Spartan in it. Um, would it be cool? Yeah, I'm sure. But it's just there's not the the fandom, at least at this point, to mm-hmm. justify a niche series like that. 
in my opinion. I don't have enough Halo knowledge to answer that question, so I'm going to say your answer is correct. Preston Cole is one of the few human admirals who like took a steamy dump on the Covenant. Uh, I, I didn't see that video. Oh, I, made, I made it. It's called. It's called that. Preston Cole takes a steamy dump on the Covenant. <laughs> Right. Yeah. See, I, I've, I've wanted to get more into the Halo lore, but it's really just whatever I know is uh, whatever's been in the games and however well mm-hmm. I remember the games from my playthroughs of them, mm-hmm. which, like, we did one through three recently, and mm-hmm. we still need to do the other ones, but I was also very drunk during some of those, so that wasn't <laughs> much of a refresher. Oh, uh, any excuse for me to play Halo 3 again, or Halo 1 again, I'd love to play that again. But we do have another question here from Joel, which is a pretty big topic, which might actually be worth its own kind of like discussion episode. Uh, okay. It'll get into some controversial territory here. So Joel asks, a bit of an odd and tough question this week, but given the state of the expanded universe in 2012 before the buyout, do you think a reboot was necessary even without a Disney buyout? Personally for myself, from what I hear... Uh, what was going on with the Denning verse and other things. I feel like a reboot of the continuity was a necessity and in some cases a mercy kill. I'm overall happier with the direction of mercy new canon. Kill. Yep. That, that's the next X-Wing book. So good shout out there. The way you prefaced that question, I was 100% expecting like how many times a week did Akbar clap Winter's Cheeks or something like that. Like like you you prefaced it as like this is a serious topic that we'll need to discuss maybe in a future episode. I was like, this is going to be something about. No, I was I was being I was being sincere. I, I don't think allowed? they needed a canon. I don't think they needed a canon reboot. No. Yeah, I I um, agree. I think if they wanted to do movies, they mm-hmm. probably did because it's yeah, very no, hard to do, sure. especially like if you want to have Luke Han and Leia in movies, because uh, yeah. no one's making an adaptation of Dark Nest or NJO, except for uh, me. <laughs> that would be I, your every number day. One I go every day. I go out in the backyard and collect a few ants. <laughs> like we're getting closer to denning's vision (laughs) (laughs) like i've like njo plus was kind of like my biggest thing for star wars uh Mm -hmm. but i i simultaneously think that i really liked that era Mm -hmm. and might have liked what it was going into fate of the jedi got a little bit weird in some places and it was kind of disappointing that we knew what happened for the some at some point over the next hundred years with the legacy comics being there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I do think if you want to make those, if you want to make any kind of sequel trilogy, there was going to be a reboot. And like George's movie scripts did not coincide with what was going on in Legends. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, I think that's pretty much all there is to say about that. Uh, anything else you want to end with, Corey? Uh, any other thoughts? We didn't talk about Star Wars news. There hasn't been... It's been, it's been fucking dead. Like, well, we've got Bad Batch next week, so that that'll be kind of the big resurgence in our careers, right? They better up a Bad Batch of views on my YouTube channel because I'm <laughs> the lowest I've been since 2017. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. X2 is literally like one fifth of what it was in December. That's not an exaggeration. Yeah, I I haven't been that bad off on loses like Datapad. I need to put out more videos, but I've been like, uh, just so busy and the return on views hasn't really been or the views haven't really been there for anything so i've been trying to take it a bit easier but i'm kind of hoping with Mm -hmm. bad batch it'll be time to put in the work there again stupid i just sponsored video today and i'm like fuck 
I feel bad for Audible. <laughs> just, just DOA. Yeah. But oh well. Should I got a view guarantee? <laughs> hey, that, that's a lesson for for everyone out there. Always got a view guarantee. No, but they have got like a twelve month contract with them. They've they've been on for more than a few bangers, so it's it's worked out for them hmm. all in all. Uh, we have in twenty four minutes a stream where we're going to be playing some Overcooked 2. So if you like us being friends right now, come back in an hour and we will be yelling at each other and Charlie trying to make food while I relive my fast food service career PTSD. Oh, no. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, this is going to hit you different. Have you? Did you ever work in like food service? I was a dishwasher at Smitty's, okay. which is like a breakfast restaurant. So I, I did like some food prep, but... I don't know if that really counts. Mm-hmm. Going to do the dishes was like the the reprieve after. Oh, man. Dishwashing at Smitty's was awful. Uh, towards the end of my story tenure there, I was like on the grill for a few things. Like I was doing like pancakes and like hash browns and French fries and like the occasional hamburger. And like that was nice because I didn't have to clean up. But like we got so many dishes because like. Every order of food automatically came with, like, a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would throw out so much coffee a day. And, like, I I remember the pants that I wore when I quit the job. I should have thrown them away. Like, I had, like, two or three pairs of jeans that were just work pants. They just fucking stank of stale coffee. Yeah. Awful. All right. Well, if you guys want to get a continuation of this fun conversation about past jobs service industry if you want to uh make me return to the service industry keep up with the views on the channel <laughs> it's not your fault everyone is he doesn't mean no. it i'm fine i'm fine i'm just joking all right well thanks for listening everyone thanks for watching that'll be over on cory loses and x2 for some overcooked action next week will be thrawn i will be powering through it we will be doing it for the greater good Sorry, Ooh. Crystal Star stands. Week after that, Bad Patch premiere. And, uh, yeah. And by then, I'll have lost my stomach to do Crystal Star, so it'll be pushed off a few more weeks. Yeah, we... Like, uh, let's do Jedi Prince first. Uh, let's do... We, we walked to the end of that diving board and then chickened right out. Yeah, not even that. We jumped off and then, on the way down, turned around <laughs> like Luke Climbed. over the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> grabbed it and flipped back up and said no bitch bad batch <laughs> all right it's like can somebody meme that scene like have crystal star be the sarlacc and like <laughs> us walking up to it and then like have like disney plus being r2d2 and us about to jump into the into the crystal star sarlacc pit and then, <laughs> and then disney plus r2d2 shooting up the bad batch at us <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that'd be fucking hilarious all right goodbye everybody bye